Hey, you guys, welcome back to the So Lux Life podcast. I'm so excited that you guys are joining me tonight. We have a very special episode. We have the Finance Boutique. Look, this is Candidate Courtney. I'm so excited for you guys to meet her. So make sure you guys are tuned in. Like, share, definitely have, put your comments in the comment section. Any questions, we'll definitely try to answer them. So we'll give y'all just a few moments to join. So stay tuned. Welcome to the So Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. Super excited about this episode for you guys that just tuned in. This is Candonese Courtney. She's the owner, the founder of the Finance Boutique. So I'm going to let her tell you guys about herself. So thank you so much for joining me, Candonese. Yes, thank you so much for having me. But before I get started, I just want to say your intro videos had me like, I need to get my life together. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, you so <laughs> much. for me to get there, trust me. <laughs> okay, I was like, this is the real deal. So, <laughs> well, yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> Well, yes, I'm Candonese Courtney. I am the founder of the Finance Boutique, as stated. We help entrepreneurs with um, managing their finances basically from all aspects of business ownership. So resource allocation, obtaining financing, pretty much anything you could think of, as well as marketing, design, all of that good stuff. Um, my background, of course, is in business. I have my MBA and I'm currently studying for my doctorate in business administration as well with the concentration in marketing. Ooh, I like it. So where are you from? Where did you grow up? Well, I'm from New Orleans, but I've pretty much been living in Jackson, the Jackson, Mississippi area since Katrina. So pretty much half there, half here. So. Oh, wow. I remember when Katrina hit, I was like in high school, I believe, like a ninth grader to be exact. So we had a lot yeah. of kids from New Orleans, um, Louisiana coming there. Yeah. Um, so, so how did Katrina affect you guys? Is that the well, reason why you guys moved because of Katrina? Yes, definitely. It was the reason we moved. Um, we lost everything in the storm, you know, like most families that lived in the New Orleans area. So we were in New Orleans East, uh, which was, you know, pretty much devastated. And it was a culture shock. I can say that moving from a city like New Orleans that's very diverse and progressive in a sense um, mm -hmm. to, you know, Mississippi, where it was just like a much slower paced lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, it was good. But there were some things we just had to make adjustments to. But I wouldn't say anything was just terrible. It was just, you know, learning new things. Mm -hmm. So how was that adjustment for you? What was the hardest part about it? Like making new friends or just kind of adjusting to being in Mississippi with not much to do as there was in New Orleans? <laughs> yeah, I would probably say maybe from that aspect of just, okay, what can I do after school, activities-wise and on the weekends? Um, I was in the middle school. I think I was eighth grade when Katrina happened. So the friends part wasn't too difficult. And then that was around the time of like the cell phones. So I was definitely able to keep in touch. And then Facebook came. So that helped out a lot. <laughs> but I think it was just, okay, this is definitely a different type of city. 
Well, it is. I'm from Grenada, and I ended up going to college in Jackson at Jackson State, and it was a okay. culture shock yeah. for me when yeah. I went. <laughs> yeah. Like where I'm from is very di- diverse. I had yeah. and black friends. Yes, but when I get there, it was nothing but black people. Yes, yes. Love my people. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, people. Love us. <laughs> yes. There was just a lot of us there at one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened with us because I went to school with Hispanics, the white, black, you know, it was just the full on melting pot. And they're just like, okay, it's just all of us. So, I mean, that's that's fine, you know, but it was just like, you know, different personalities, you know, mm-hmm. that you were used to being around. It kind of shape you know your behavior and your perspectives on things so it did come with some like reservations and adjustments of like okay certain things that may have been the norm or just this is a natural reaction to something was a lot different when it came to like oh you're interested in that type of stuff so like yeah i mean yeah i'm like yeah yeah, black people, we do this. <laughs> yeah, we do all this. <laughs> it's definitely one of those things. Um, it kind of shaped and molded me into yeah. the woman I am today, I would yeah. say. Um, do I want my kids to experience that lifestyle? No, it's just kind of thinking about that too. Like, you know, it's just being able to appreciate other cultures is the main thing. You know, like I was learning Spanish, Spanish and French, you know as a little girl so just naturally knowing those things and not even realizing you know that i was learning to be trilingual at the time like i want that for them where it's not forced or it's like okay let's always sit down and have a talk of how to respect Mm -hmm. other people and their differences it's just when you're around them you see them it's like you're not much different than me besides you know just different um you know relationships and Mm -hmm religious backgrounds like those little things that it's just like you know it just makes you more special it does we definitely have to get out there and be cultured that's why i try to at least introduce my children to different things um before covid we would always try to do something on the weekends just to kind of get the but now it's right yeah you're loving on each other all day (laughs) yes Uh, so where where did you uh, graduate from college from? Where did you get your degree? Okay, yeah. So my undergrad degree is from Southern Miss. I was actually in school to be a psychologist. And it was when I started doing like some clinical work where I was like, okay, maybe psychology is not the path that I want because I'm patient, but to a fault. And I'm like, okay, if the person isn't showing me progress again, I'm like, look, well, now are you trying to get it together so (laughs) but i was like i still love the counseling aspect and i was introduced to industrial organizational psychology which is basically psychology applied to the workplace and i was like i love this and of course the program was dropped the year i was a freshman so the next best thing was taking on a management minor and that's what i did and then i went to Bellhaven to get my mba oh i love it so um So what what sparked you to start the finance boutique? Well, I work for Jackson State and there I work for the Small Business Development Center. So it's a three part funded government initiative under the SBA that helps entrepreneurs with accessing capital, managing their business, you know, pretty much everything small business. We did it. And while I was there, it was definitely a good learning experience as far as like being a business consultant like i love what i was able to do love that they invested so much in our learning and we was helping the community at no charge but of course it was just like the worst work environment you could possibly imagine and after like (laughs) yes it, it just became too much um it was affecting my home life and that's when i knew you know, it was time to make some changes and really consider a transition. And I was just like, well, I don't want to stop this. Like, I feel like this is my calling. Um, I was able to help people make better financial decisions for their families and save businesses at the same time. And I was like, well, I don't want to give that up, you know, but I know I have to leave here or 
I would probably be in a mental institution, you know, shortly after. <laughs> so it was just like, how can I still do this, but in a safer and healthier environment? Mm-hmm. And I talked with my husband and he was just like, start your own consulting business. And my coworker at the time, we both pretty much coached each other on starting our own consulting businesses. And that's how I founded the finance boutique. Oh, well, so your coworker, is she a consultant as well? Yes, she is. She's an independent consultant that has her own business and she's doing, uh, we do similar things, you know, um, but she probably focuses more on marketing where I'm more of a financial foundation of my, of my work. So we still keep in touch and we still each other. Most definitely. So it's good that you and your friend both help work to get, um, both of your businesses off the ground. You didn't have that mentality like, oh, I'm not going to tell her this because I don't right. want her to go off and mine doesn't. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. They don't like to share information because they feel like the next person is going to outdo them. But, you know, what's for you is for you. Yes. So. yes. Yeah, we did a lot of workshops. And when we have um, introductions, we'll tell people, you know, pretty much share your name and what's your business. And a lot of people will be, you know what, I want to keep that private because I don't want to share too much too soon, which is understandable because there are people who may be like, oh, that's a good idea, and I may have the access to resources to go ahead and get it started. But it's like, if you're lacking the passion or the really the know-how of how to get it done, you probably won't get much further than actually setting it up, and then a few months down the line, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Because mm-hmm. business will weed out those who's serious and those who's in it for, you know, it being a popular thing at the time. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So before you made that transition, I know you say you discussed it with your husband, but how long had you thought about it before you actually quit? So, so you do the finance boutique full time? Yes, I'm full time now. Yeah. Okay, great. So, how, how how was that transition from quitting your job? You know, we talk about quitting a job, people are like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't an overnight thing, I can tell you that. It took about two years before we were actually ready for me to make that move. So I like I said, I was there for three years and probably two and eleven months of those years I was ready to quit. So <laughs> it was, <laughs> So it was just one of those things like, okay, yeah, this is not, you know, this is not shaping up to be, you know, a pleasant experience. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like, what can I do? Uh, Like I was putting in job applications, but it was just like, you know, I don't want to leave one bad job and go to another. You know, that was in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like I wanted to be in entrepreneurship, but I was I was the the safe person. I didn't like to take risks. You know, it's like if I can't see this as something that's automatically going to be stable and yield the results that I want, you know, I'm going to be very cautious about it. So we planned, we looked at our budgets, we looked at, okay, if we did have to live on one income, what would that look like, you know, just in case the business takes a little time to pick up mm-hmm. speed. So we definitely prepared ourselves for at least a year. And then I started with a blog and just kind of talking to close family and friends who was interested in starting businesses mm-hmm. and kind of taking on work like that as like, okay, part-time work. And then it was like, okay, we're in a good spot now. I can go ahead and make that full transition. So how was it the day you went in and put in your notice and told them you were oh. It was heavenly. It was like (laughs) it was like a divine intervention. Like the Lord is like the skies opened up because I actually came back. (laughs) I actually put in my two weeks notice after I came back from an extended maternity leave. So, but they knew I was going to leave. Yeah, I I prepped them already before I left. I was like, okay, there's a good chance once I come back from maternity maternity leave that this is it. So um, it wasn't by surprise for anyone, and especially those like in human resources that knew kind of what was going on within our division. So it was, I came in, everybody was like, girl, you're glowing, you look so good. And I was like, yes, here's my two weeks notice. It was my birthday, so it was just like the perfect, the perfect setup. I was like, it's my birthday, and I'm handing out two weeks' notices, so it just felt good. 
<laughs> I remember one time I worked in the finance industry and this job was so hostile. Like I can't yeah. and it got into that like that job was the reason I moved out here to Alabama. Oh. Like, motion, I want you to move out here. Like, oh yeah. my. so I get there. And it was cool, but I just can't take a hostile work environment like supervisors, upper management, like yeah. calling you, talking yeah. crazy on the phone and yeah. things like that. And I've just seen people be unhappy for years yeah. in positions that they really didn't want to be in. And right. I got to a point, I said, if I save X amount of money, like I'm not putting up with it. And I got to that point. Hey, <laughs> I just had enough and, um, I want to say I got a hostile phone call or, or something that morning. I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. Yeah, like, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't even do a two weeks notice. So I professional me, but that's right. how bad it was. I'm not that unprofessional person. I usually would put in a notice if it's like yeah. you know a job, and I respect the people, but I wasn't getting the respect. Yeah. Like, Walking any kind of way, I'm like, you know what, y'all, y'all can have this. And I was the manager, yeah. so my workers, they were oh, like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's a shame because it's like you love the work, you love the people, yeah. but it's just like they make it impossible for you to do your job. Because with me, it was like because I was good at what I did, that posed a problem for my supervisor, and it became like, how can I make it more difficult for you to meet your goals and objectives? So it was like constant contracts I was signing, signing, and they were like, you can't make contracts outside of what the state office gives you. And she was still giving additional contracts that was like, you have to commit to these goals and uh, these rules in the office, um, no cell phone use, office doors couldn't be closed. Like what? check, it was like a super abusive relationship where it was just like, you need to be at your desk, not walking in the door at eight o'clock, even if I didn't have clients on schedule. Um, if she decided that she didn't want to be at work today, take on my clients along with your clients. And then it was like sabotage behind the scenes, like calling the lenders and harassing my clients. I was just like, this is madness. <laughs> and reputation, you know, that's on the line. And that's when it really just hit me. It was like, no, because if all of this is happening and the word is getting back to me through clients, I can only imagine if I try to network on my own, what is being said about me or what people will assume. So I was like, no, I can't, no. Like I can't take their. I don't pay yeah. me that much for yeah. me to and they, exactly. And it was like pennies on the dollar, and it was always like dangling that carry stick. Like, yeah, you're gonna get a promotion because you're so amazing. You're good at what you do. And then it was like, you know, when it's evaluation time. Oh yeah, well you could have been more proactive with this, or you could have did more with this. And it's just like, okay, it's no pleasing you. Yeah. So, so I said I said at the same salary. The entire time. Most definitely. I've been at a job of years and they have been promising me a raise since before I even took the job. Cause when I took it, yeah. I was like, mm -hmm. they're like, we yeah. promised months there's a huge raise coming. Uh -huh. None of that ever happened. None so. of it ever happened. Yes. Just, <laughs> wow. Like I'm really this valuable, huh? But nothing <laughs> is showing me that I really am. So, <laughs> most definitely, and I think sometimes um, we get complacent and we yeah. stay a job. Just not, I'm not saying just go quit your job. Definitely, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all about you know I believe in God, trust Him, all about leaps of faith. But yeah. it has to make sense. Like yeah, it has to. <laughs> God gave you comments yeah. for reasons. So I don't exactly jump out. And that's worse to live by. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> worse to live by because I was like. Okay, Lord, and he promised us that, you know, that he wouldn't do anything to harm us and he would give us signs when something is not for us. And it would be like, I'm I don't want to be a quitter and I would pray about it. And it just became a point where he was like, How much more do I need to show you for you to say enough is enough? How many, was, <laughs> right, how many more things do I need to shake up for you to see? Like I'm trying to get you out of here, not for you to to stay and tough it out. Cause it was like once I left everything fell into place and i was like i wasn't trusting him to truly provide 
you know, because I was listening to people, oh, you have two kids because our baby, you know, like I said, maternity leave happened. So they were like, you know, you have two kids that you're taking care of. We had just bought our first home. So it was like all of that was in the back of my mind. And I'm like, I don't want to put all this on my husband. So I need to work. And it just, when I took that leap of faith and trusted him, he showed me that he was there in my corner the entire time. I'm telling you, girl, that sound like my marriage. Like when my divorce happened, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was open the doors and do yeah, open the doors. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. So, how did you meet your husband? So we were um, in Hattiesburg. He came down for an event uh, that his fraternity was hosting, and I was there with one of my sorority sisters, and I. I always joke about this. Like I wasn't planning on being there that night. Like I had turned 21 earlier that year. So I was like, this is gonna be my first time going to the casino. Like I'm just gonna see what all the hype is about. And she was like, please come with me. I don't wanna go by myself. So I ended up there. And from that day forward, we never went a day without talking. Oh, wow. Yes, and that was, <laughs> that was my, the summer of my senior year. So I was going into my senior year of college. In 2013. Oh, wow. So, so when yeah. did he uh, pop the question? So that was in November of 2015. It was after Thanksgiving. And it didn't take long because I think we just knew, like, everything felt right. Of course, we didn't rush it. But it was just like, wow, like, the things we want out of life is so aligned. And even our differences, you know, really helped to better each other. Because it was like, okay, your strengths helped me where I fall short and vice versa. So, and it was just like the way we fell into each other's families, you know, it was just like, they were excited because my mom never liked anyone. And she was just like, yeah, tell Roosevelt, I made him a plate, you know, when he comes over, you know, and I'm just like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and the same with his mom, you know, she was asking, what can he over until I'm gonna cook her favorite meal. So it was just natural rhythm between us. <laughs> Most definitely. So um do you think if you weren't married at the time you were ready to quit your job, you would have still done it if you didn't have like him to support you or anything like that? Oh yeah, I probably would have been on a quitting spree. Like <laughs> if I didn't get up, don't like this job, I'm leaving. You know, like I felt <laughs> you know, had that freedom to really just say, okay, I don't have to deal with this. I'm young, I can find that thing that I like, you know, like really be bold in my assertiveness about myself of like, no, if I don't like it, it doesn't feel good, it doesn't align with my overall path for myself. I'm like, okay, yes, I can walk away without feeling any remorse. Um, Because I was really about just being happy because I know I give over 100% when I commit to something. And so I just wanted to be respected and appreciated. Like I'm not one for accolades, but it doesn't hurt to say job well done versus, okay, you can still do more. You can do more. So yeah, let me know I'm doing something right. Right, here. something <laughs> right, and not sending me harassing phone calls or making it purposely difficult for me to do my job. So yeah, I probably would have quit without even thinking twice about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't get why people are like that. Like, just let me do my job yeah. in peace and go home. <laughs> yes, it's just one of those things where I think the world would never know why people do some of the things that they do. <laughs> It really got to a point, and for me, it's like when I get to a point, if I'm at a job, that's why I'm so thankful I'm an entrepreneur now, but when I was working, if it got to a point where I ever woke up and I was like, drill, like, huh, I gotta go in this job today. That's how I know, like, I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. My God doesn't place us on this earth for us to be unhappy. Yes. Um, Just for, you know, pennies on the dollar, like you said, like... (laughs) It's definitely mm-hmm. one of those things. So kind of tell me, so the finance boutique, y'all uh, consult different businesses finance-wise. Finance 
Mm -hmm. So it's like from uh, management, like financial management. So we don't do financial planning as far as like, oh, let's uh, diversify your income and get you into different things like stocks. You know, we don't do that type of thing. But we do look at uh, pretty much the overall health of your business from a financial standpoint. How are you managing the money or your cash flow that you have? Um, how are you meeting your expenses? How are you purchasing inventory and managing it? Your marketing, is it making sense? Like, are you getting a return on your investments in those areas? Um, the different vendors that you may be working with, are they actually the best as far as pricing and quality that you need for your business? So it's pretty much helping you from that aspect of just making sure that you're getting the best from the people that you're working with, that you're negotiating the best deals and you're taking advantage of any you know, um, any discounts or loyalty programs that you may get from working with people over the years. Okay, so um, does it already have to be an established business for you to work with them? Or is it somebody that's thinking about opening a business? Could they contact you and use your services? Yeah, so I do assist with startup assistance. And typically I like for the client to already have a good grasp of what they want to do. So I won't help you come up with an idea. So you have to already have it and just say, I'm trying to get from point A to point B, which is from concept to open and operational. And I definitely help with that. So that's making sure you have all of the permits and licenses that you need. You know how much uh, it actually takes to run your business at the capacity that's necessary. So that's whether or not you need employees, what's the satisfactory payroll for that. Um, equipment that you're going to need, um, rent and lease, is this space adequate? For the purpose of what you're trying to do, renovations, remodels, like pretty much everything you could think of, you know, I run the numbers on it because a lot of times when um, people get ready to open up a business, they forget a lot of the little pieces that can turn out to be a very big deal breaker for them if they don't have it. So I try to look at it from that standpoint or really just making sure that the idea that you have is feasible for where you are in life right now as opposed to you start investing into it and then you see you can't afford to actually open the business and you've already spent thousands of dollars on other things so oh most definitely so um how long have you been how long has the finance boutique been in in business so I incorporated in 2018, uh, but of course that was just me while I was still at the job, just trying to get some things in place and figure things out. So that was part-time and 2019 was part-time, but that was the year I left the job. So I was really just balancing the business and mommyhood. Like I had my newborn and my two-year-old. So that became a thing within itself. So I was really just adjusting to being a full-time mom as well. And then this year was like, I made the commitment like 2020 is my year. I'm full time in this. The finance boutique is going to be here to take over the world. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. But I think it still gave me the momentum I needed to really show people that there's trustworthy people out here that's wanting to help you navigate these difficult waters and give you, you know, actual trusted advice. And not just try to, you know, take money or figure out how can I get a good payday. So, mm -hmm. so did COVID affect your business at all? In a way, uh, because I did want to do more networking this year. So I had some events that I was going to speak at and then some that I was going to attend to really just learn and um, be around people that was like ideal for my space as far as like, yeah, these are the good people that I need to have in my circle. So it did affect that. But um, for a lot of my clients, I think it gave them the slower pace that they needed to really say, I've been running and running and I never really stopped to say, what can I do differently to make a difference within my business? And now that I have this down period, I want to know how to maximize, you know, what I have. So that has helped. I like it. So um, I'm going to pull it up here if I can, you guys. And here we are. Isn't she beautiful? That's one of my own. If y'all don't know her, you get to know her. But um, 
this is her website. You guys can go on there and definitely check it out after the podcast. That's myfinanceboutique.com. And here it just kind of has information. Look, she's giving y'all some free guys you can down. Oh, the marriage and finance planner. We're going to come back to that because <laughs> interested in that one. So definitely her site is so beautiful here. Ooh, look at us. That looks like. <laughs> um, but it definitely outlines like you know what they're about the different services that she offers here um, my professional development so do you work with individuals like somebody that's not trying to start a business they're trying to like just grow themselves as maybe like you know a professional public speaker or things like that yeah so from the professional development side uh, I like to really hone in on those people who are just like, you know, I have the skill for my business, but I'm just lacking some of the business know-how or I just can't seem to just stay on track with some of the goals I set for myself. So I try to learn your personality. And that's where that psychology degree comes into play, like just learning you and cultivating, you know, material that's for you that's not generic info. But it's like, okay, I know that you're not a digital person. You like paper or... You like stuff that's going to give you reminders. So it's really just personalized to you and what your goals are. So, yeah, if it's like um, I just can't seem to stick to a budget or I just have to shop all the time for my business because I feel like I need to have this. You know, we try to help work on those shortcomings that may be affecting how you're running and operating your business. And Mm -hmm. then even leadership training falls under that uh, professional development. Like I just want to be the best boss to my employees or I want to learn how to transition from an employee mindset to being a decision maker in my business. So all of those type of things. So you guys do logos, website design, all of that? Yes. Yeah, so we have a design. So we're consultant advisory and design. And my brother, he went to school. He has his, his degree in graphic design. So um, if there's something I may not design, he may be the person that I have to do it. He's like my unofficial employee that, you know, he gets paid with love. So, right. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so he helps a lot in that aspect of just making sure everything is professional, it's clean, it's beyond the industry standard for what our customers would need as far as meeting their goals for what their customer needs are. So we really just try to hone in on like, okay, it may be pretty, but is it functional? Is it practical? Is it meeting the goals and needs of your business? So. Oh, most definitely. And she gives so much information. This is so cute. I love it. And for those that are listening, y'all that don't catch the live stream, you can definitely go on myfinanceboutique.com. I will put that in the show notes in the description. So you guys can just go ahead and check it out. Um. They do. So do you, are these the different kind of businesses that you work with right here? Yes. Those are just some of the main industries I work with. Um, And that's not even all inclusive. So there's pretty much any industry you could think of. I probably help start a business in that or help the business owner that was trying to um, pretty much just get their business in order. So pharmacies, mm-hmm. daycare centers, all of that. So from the most like the most professional and technical businesses to the most creative where just like, yeah, I have a, a floral shop or I am a photographer. I mm-hmm. am, you know, an artist that's trying to figure out a creative outlet to get my stuff to the public. So pretty much every range of business we've done it. So I always tell people, yeah, even if you're creative and that's usually my people who have the skills, but it's just like, I don't know the business side. And then I have my technical and professional people that's like, well, I have, industry regulations and legalities that's holding me to certain standards so i need a different caliber of assistance you know we have those as well so most definitely so what's the best free advice because i know you charge for your services what's the best (laughs) advice you can give to i would say like a business owner or someone that's kind of just starting out that's not really sure about you know yeah. regarding finances and business. I would say really know what you're trying to do. Like why are you wanting to start this business? Is it for 
a passion outlet? Is it to make money? Because it should be to make money. You know, a lot of people, uh, yeah, because people tend to forget that when you start a for-profit business, you have to make money to be a for-profit business. You know, so, I mean, there's other ways that you can fulfill a passion without starting the business for it. So I would uh -huh. say really know what is it that you're wanting to accomplish with this and ask yourself, can I invest what's necessary for it? So that's time that's going to need it. That's needed to be invested. There may be education that's going to need to be invested in it. So that may be um, getting some certificates or learning something. Like there's a lot of online courses from like Pinterest and Coursera that you can do to pretty much, you know, make sure you're knowledgeable and up to date with what's going on in that particular industry. And I would say, make sure you have some money that you're able to invest in that business because yes, there's low cost startups, but at some point you're gonna have to reinvest into that business to take mm -hmm. it to the next level. So you have to be willing to say, all of the money my business makes is not for me. And if you can't separate that, then you're gonna have trouble trying to grow or stay in business. Most definitely. Um, Cause I think a lot of times, we start business and you know i'm guilty i used to have like an online boutique back in the day like five or so years ago and it was just something i really just woke up and decided that i wanted to do i didn't really put much thought much planning behind it didn't look at like a cost benefit analysis no none of that <laughs> just, i didn't want to sell clothes let me find some vendors yeah. find create yeah. a cute website boom put them up there yeah not knowing like you have the total in cost of shipping and yeah. packaging things like that um just yeah. unexpected costs that you really don't think about but that's why we have you so you can kind of tell us things um, in advance so like to all my future business owners that are watching this you caught the perfect podcast um you have the perfect person here that can help your business elevate and go to the next level um finance wise because as she said, you, you have to have some money. There are low startup businesses, low cost startup businesses, but you have to invest in marketing and graphics and websites and to make them look professional. Because right. you know, these things aren't yeah. We can tell like if you invested in your business or not. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. You can definitely tell on that. Um, so I love it. So what what are some goals for the finance boutique in the future? Are you guys planning on expanding? Yeah, so like within the last few weeks, I have been looking for office space. So my clientele has, you know, grown to the point where it's like, okay, I need an office outside of my home. And it's just, that's my main priority right now is just trying to find a sensible space for me that can serve my clients but not put me in a position of just like, okay, like I'm straining each month. And that's why I tell people all the time, like you can manage with, you know, reasonable goals. Like you don't have to be at the top at the beginning, you know, you can work your way up to that. So finding a good office space and then just really commit to what I've been doing so far by just staying consistent and remaining appreciative for the clients that I have and the ones that they've been referring. So just not losing sight of those things, which is like, I need more and more and more, you know, like just being satisfied with the transition I've had so far, like looking at where I've come from, you know, where I am now, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm doing well, you know? <laughs> oh, you're on mute. You're on mute, I guess. <laughs> I'm on me. I heard this train going in the background and my kids. <laughs> but yeah, um, um, I love that. So um, let me see. I think we have a comment here. Okay. There's Chris. She said, love it. Oh, love Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so do you help? Um, is it, do you limit? Like, do you just only help small businesses or are you open to helping like big corporations and things like that? Or do you just kind of have like a niche on who you work with? Yeah, like right now, the focus is on small business um, because I feel like we get overlooked a lot when it comes to, 
you know, technical and expert assistance that's affordable. So I know if I was to take on, you know, the bigger name clients that will require staffing and hours that's going to be a little bit more devoted to their level of work requirements. So at some point, I think I do want to do that. But I know for us to do that within the finance boutique, I may have to transition from being a small business consultant to being that person. And so I'm able to find and train people that I feel like is to my level, you know, of just working with those businesses because I am the representation of the company right now. So right now, small businesses, but that is a future goal. And I think with that, I do want to hire you know, some employees. So I do have expansion goals that I do want to bring the community in as well. So most definitely. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like you want to help the community grow. And I'm like that too, because I'm I've always said to myself, like you want something done right, do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like to know like I want to be a trailblazer where it's like I'm not just throwing people into uncharted territory. It's like I've hit the ground running and I've been in the trenches with you, you know, so I know pretty much what's to be expected or I'm there to help you. And I just don't believe in just letting people sink or swim on my behalf. So I couldn't have a new person come in and I don't properly train you. So mm-hmm. I've been there. I've been in jobs where I got zero <laughs> training and they just threw me out there. Yeah, and they're like, figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> Can you show me where the restroom is? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, that's such an inspiration. So, you know, like I'm all for moms and bosses that are out here doing it, being a full time. Because look, y'all that don't have kids, being a mom is a full time job. Yes. So, the ones that do have kids, I commend you. Look, we know where you are and where right. you are. <laughs> If you have yes. time, so how has how how is managing like work work life and family been for you? Well, with entrepreneurship, it has been a lot easier because I'm able to control my schedule now. So if my kids have a doctor's appointment or something happens, I'm able to be agile, and I think that has made me just feel better as a mom it's like i'm able to show up for my kids without being exhausted or bitter from you know being at work all day and just like oh i'm just so frustrated and i have no energy left for you all so i think it's just it's been an amazing transition from that not that it doesn't have its downsides of like okay mommy needs to get work done and me being home that means i'm accessible so it's like well mommy you're right here you know like I want some juice, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, well, the juice has to wait. And it's just like, I want some juice now. <laughs> so it's just learning to just prioritize and still be present in both roles. And I think, you know, just having my family in on it, you know, like my mother-in-law, my mom, if they're like, you know, if you have meetings, bring the kids over here. We would love to watch them. You know, my husband, if he's home, he's like, yeah, send them to me, you know, and we'll send them out the house or lock them up in a room until I'm able to, you know, <laughs> to be uh, back active with them. So I think it's been really good. And I just lost a lot of that mom guilt that I did have of being gone from the house for like 10 hours because I would do workshops some nights where I wouldn't get home till like seven o'clock in the evening. You know, so it, it really helped me to be like, OK, I get to see my kids grow up. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that's kind of why I, I went the entrepreneur route and got like a real estate license. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to work at my own pace. I've never, yeah. I've always had an entrepreneur mind. So like I said, I started that online boutique. Of course, I still work yeah. on a job. But even before then, I've always had in my head, like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to work for myself. I don't want to have to clock in. I don't want to have to act. Yeah. Someone can I use my paid time off and yeah. have explain what I'm doing in my personal right. <laughs> And I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you love your job, don't leave it. Like, if you have a job that's actually investing in you, like, appreciate mm-hmm. that because it's so hard to find that, you know. And I know for us, like, our experiences were so horrible that it was like, you know, entrepreneurship was that thing to save us. But I tell people, if you love your job and you could do entrepreneurship part-time, do that. You know, no mm-hmm. need to do it because you think that's what's required or people will respect you more because you 
dug it out the mud. You know, like you mm-hmm. don't have to meet anyone's standards when it comes to entrepreneurship. But I'm like, because if I didn't have to be forced into entrepreneurship, I would have loved to do this business part time. But because that wasn't my reality, it was like I had to give it my all to make sure that I can still provide for my family and do my part. So most definitely like in entrepreneurship isn't for everybody like yeah. you have to have a heart for you have to have right. a heart for when the business doesn't seem like it's growing when you're not making right. any money when you're investing all this money and not seeing any returns um because i think mm-hmm. statistics state um it takes a good like three to five years to really get yeah. a business up and going and really mm-hmm. make some income some profit yes so you definitely have to get in there i think um a lot of times we'll start a business in like two or three months. We see it's not doing what we thought it would, and we just kind of let it go. We have no guidance. Yeah. We have to reach out to the finance boutique to really <laughs> to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I tell people you have to have money. Like uh, we call it working capital, of course, in the business world. But from a reality standpoint, you may not come into the business just like, oh, I have customers or I have enough to cover my expenses so you have to know like there's gonna be a slow period of growth you know unless you're coming in with heavy marketing and a big team behind you but most people like you stated um that's why you still consider a new business within those first couple of years it's still so much that you haven't even encountered within your business and people may not even take you seriously depending on what industry you're in because like you're still a newbie here you know you, you still haven't met the requirement to get certain certifications when it comes to the government like you have to be in business so many years before they will even consider your application mm-hmm. so it's like yeah you have to know that it's a commitment and it's not a small one depending on you know what you're doing and if you have leases and commercial mortgages like it gets even more serious when you have those type of investments too where you actually have to pay someone back most definitely and if y'all are looking for a commercial mortgage right i mean but people need to know because they try to do it on, on on their own but working with a realtor can help you save money or find that space that's actually worthwhile for a few years not just for year one and it's like okay i've outgrown this space or it was too much too soon and then uh something you said earlier about just the like the downsides of entrepreneurship like but even if the business is going really well that can cause problems for you because like if you start making money too soon or your clients are dictating much more than what you're capable of producing at the time you know it's like you have to make quick decisions do i hire someone do i contract someone Mm -hmm. you know uh what do i do with this money that i'm making how do i you know manage it so it's like people businesses sometimes mess up when they're doing good as well because just like well i'm not used actually making money like this and Mm -hmm. so they go and buy buy stuff unnecessarily you know or it's like now i need to replace all of that was working with the newest and best technology and that was the money that could have been saved so it happens on both sides of the coin most definitely i want to be on the coin that's making money though (laughs) but you have to go through that's uh, one thing like my mentor is always telling me when I first started doing real estate, like a few months ago, because I've been doing real estate long. I just sold my first house yesterday, but like, okay, like, I'm gonna give this like six months. If I don't have a sale by then, like, I'm gonna update my resume and unfortunately go back to a nine to five. Like, and my goal is like January, like, I haven't sold anything my January. Clearly, it ain't for me, and it's just yeah. a wrap. It was like, you know, no, you like any entrepreneur, any business knows that it takes time for it to grow. Yeah. You can't just wake up and like look for overnight success. I know it can happen, but yeah. it depends on who you are and like, you know, the people that know you and things right. like that. But as far as just like, you know, little old person here from Mississippi trying to start this major online boutique, you just kind of have to find strategies and things like that to kind of help get your business out there. And I love that your business actually caters to that caters to helping um, business with their finances, because that's honestly one thing a lot of people don't know how to manage money. 
Yeah. <laughs> like you said, like they will see all this money coming in and they'll go splurge and buy a whole bunch of frivolous items when they should have been putting that money back into the business, into marketing, into doing whatever. So um, right. you've taught me a lot today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have. So um, <laughs> any last minute comments for our audience here? I would just say, you know, pretty much just when it comes to strategy, you really have to know your business, know your market. Don't just base it off of what someone else is doing because you don't know the ins and outs of their business because business relationships run deep. So you don't know their type of discounts, what's their access to certain capital and things. So don't base it just off of, oh, because I think someone do it on Instagram or a family friend is doing it, you know, really know what's going on with your numbers, with your business, what your goals are. Um, I think that's the best advice I can give because when I consult with people, um, especially in the past, that was like the number one thing that I had to educate on is just don't worry about what Sarah is doing, you know, because Sarah's business is Sarah's business, you know. <laughs> so I think just stay your course, you know, and have some smart goals like you say you know with real estate six months and even if it's like it goes beyond that or you need it before you can always reevaluate and restructure those goals so i think that's the best thing i can say and just surround yourself with genuine people if they show you that they can't be trusted or if you're feeling like they're a little sketchy don't go against that feeling because then what happens is you find yourself in an awkward situation that could have been avoided so just vet the people that you associate yourself with. Oh, I love that. That's some great advice. Because um, especially in this day of technology, you can get on the internet and find whatever you want to find. Yes. So if you want to open up a lawn care business, you can find, go find a ton of lawn care businesses and see right. that they're booming and getting all the business. And you're comparing like your three houses a week, you're cutting to these people that have been in business 30 plus years. Right, 30 plus years, yeah. <laughs> so you made like, a difference. <laughs> yeah, and that like, came to perspective. I met a guy um, on the company, and I'm always the person, like, I probably ask questions because I like to see yeah. how people got to where they are. And I'm like, you know, how did, how did you start this company? Yeah. How did you get here? And he mentioned his dad gave him a million dollar loan. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, okay, who can really say that? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel bad because you yeah, have right. <laughs> yeah, but it was good that he was honest because sometimes people will try to paint a picture. Like I said, they want that. And it's just like, no, you had private investors, let's be honest. Yeah. Or you inherited a business and you just changed some things, but it was already there. You know, you already had the equipment. So you yes. was you had a head start. So that's why I tell people don't get caught up in what may seem like someone is having it easier or um, it's just they took off much quicker than you did because I'm like the race is not for the swift it's for those who can actually be sustainable and that's what business is about you know being able to sustain and stay open so most definitely <laughs> so how can they contact you how can our audience get in touch with you yes. so I'm pretty active on our social media so if you on Instagram then the underscore finance underscore boutique on Facebook, Finance Boutique MS, uh, email, which is just hello at myfinanceboutique.com. And of course, the website, which links back to everything and even um, a questions portion. Like if you wanted to actually contact me with something, it's on that as well, which is just myfinanceboutique.com. Most definitely. There you guys have it. I'm so excited that she came on. I feel like she blessed us with so much finance and business knowledge. Um, our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. And definitely having your finances in order is a luxury. So yeah. <laughs> you're a business owner, you own a business, and you know you're just going to start it, or you already have an established business that you kind of want to remodel and restructure and enhance your business. Definitely contact Candace. She's the best at what she does. Again, Thank you guys you. can contact her on her 
website and on social media. Thank you guys for thank tuning in. Thanks so much, Candace, for coming. Thank home. you. <laughs>